BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good 36 hours and counting morning, everybody. You got the <laughs> birds, guys. Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Johnny Mac, it's getting close. I see someone uh, wrote down Christmas Eve for football on our streamer comments. That's kind of where we're at. The, the waiting is almost over. The draft is almost here. 
and it still can't get here soon enough for me. No. Oh, we are at that portion. Yeah. Happy draft Eve, Jody. Um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to start. Uh, I've been silly seasoned out for a few days. How about you? Uh, Information uh, yeah. overload. Few few weeks, as a matter of fact. And that's what it is. It's silly season. And here's why it gets a little bit annoying if you're as diehard a fan as uh, John and I are, as you guys are, who are streaming in. Nothing's happened. Nothing that would have an immediate effect on the Philadelphia Eagles. We did have big trade in the league. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going from the Packers to the Jets. I really don't think that has any effect. Certainly, it'll have effect on the draft itself because there are picks that were exchanged. And uh, But I don't think it has an immediate effect on the Eagles because the Packers and Eagles are going to pick. Uh, the Packers and Jets are going to pick between the Eagles' two picks. And even moving up the Packers pick only gets the 13 Eagles or a 10. Do you think the Eagles or uh, the Packers are potentially thinking about moving up into the top 10? Um, they got that second round pick from the Jets. If there's someone they're targeting, certainly they now have the ammunition to go get it. Do you think the one move that's been made in the National Football League over the last couple of days has any effect on the Eagles? I don't think so. I mean, from the Eagles' perspective, I you know, I, I think they're in wait and see move, mode about how the board is going to fall when it comes to number ten and potentially moving down. I think it's more likely they move up, to be honest, uh, than down to get Jalen Carter if he gets by Seattle. I think they start thinking about it. Um, and, you know, trying to seize the moment, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, as I said, uh, a lot of flying around about quarterbacks. We left the show mentioning Will Levis, you know, what's going to happen? Two might go in the top nine. Four might go in the top nine. Um, obviously, if it's the latter, it's better for the Eagles. Then I think they're probably not going to move out. If certain players are gone um, and they can't get up to get Carter, I, I think they start thinking about moving down. But again, we always talk about it. Everyone thinks, oh, let's just flip the switch. We're going to move down now. You got to find somebody that wants to move right. up and you got to, you got to find all these. So just because you want to do something doesn't mean you can get it accomplished. So you always have to Marcus Smith, probably the greatest example of that. The Eagles had do, 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 they had like five players on the board. They all went bang, 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 and they couldn't get out and they ended up taking Marcus Smith and it didn't work out. So just, you, you, and I think, you know, a lot of people just assume, oh, he'll trade out. He'll do this. He'll do that. Well, he might want to, uh, Howie, but you always have to have that that other dance partner. So, um, but he's got all, you know, what Howie's really good at, I always say, contingencies, number one. I think that separates him from most general managers in this league. And then when it comes to the draft, especially the first round, you know, he's, he's got all this mapped out. He's already got, you know, people, are you interested? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? This is, you know, this is what he does. It's not like you're on the clock and saying, Oh, call so-and-so we have no idea. That's like Kevin Costner draft day stuff. Um, that that's sort of like Nick Sirianni and his game planning. When, when we talk about 
well, what's it matter, the play caller, because everything's set up and structured um, so much. And, you know, but then there's the feel for the moment. And that's that's where Howie comes in as well. But the, the moment is all important, as a matter of fact, if you're talking play calling. And I believe you when you say that uh, Howie's got contingencies already in place. Uh, I think you and I disagree on this a little bit. This should be fun. Um with that 10th pick in the draft, as of right now, the way the Eagles are scheduled to pick, they've got the 10th and the 30th in the first round. Um, if there's 100% to be broken up, because there's always 100% anything you ask to be broken up, there are, three, there are three potential outcomes for the Eagles in round number one. They can either trade up, stay at 10 and make the pick, or trade back. If you were to break up that th those three possibilities, what kind of uh, percentage over 100% would you give each as a possibility? Uh, I'm going to say 40% uh, trade up. Uh, and, and the only reason I don't get go higher, it, it, that number would spike if Jalen Carter gets by Seattle. I, I have a hard time right now thinking he's going to get by Seattle. Otherwise, that number would be way up. I'd put that at about 70 because uh, I think that's the player they want. Uh, but for the start of the process, I, I'd say 40 trade up, um, probably 30 and 30, and you know, stay put and, and 30 trade down. Um, you, you know, if, if Carter's gone, then as I mentioned, you know, how many quarterbacks are going? Uh, I think that will have a, a big impact. If there's two, they're probably going to stay put and, and take a player. If there's four, uh, excuse me, if there's four, they're probably going to stay put and take a player. So the opposite, I'm already getting screwed up. If only two go and all of a sudden some of the positional players start popping off the board, I think it's more likely they'll, try to get out and try to trade down not a lot a targeted trade down because i think they have a core group of players you know probably the one the fans don't want the most is lucas van ness i i don't think they want to take him at 10 but you know if they go down to 14 15 you know somewhere in that range um something like that um so but i i think you know when Howie said unique, unique, and everybody jumped on that. Oh, he's taking Bijan. He's taking Bijan. I think he was talking about Jalen Carter. And we'll see. We got to be here tomorrow and after the draft. And as I said to Xander before the show, and I've said to you numerous times, Jody, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they take Bijan Robinson simply because I don't want to talk about them taking a running back in the first round of the draft any longer. Here's my take on it, and it's slightly different from yours. I know how he, excuse me, likes to move. All you have to do is check the records, and you know how he likes to move. Last year, last year, he had three started the first round with three picks. He made exactly none of them in the position that they were in. Traded up for David. Traded uh, out for. Um, uh, traded up for Davis. Traded the pick to New Orleans to get this year's pick, and traded. AJ Brown. So he took exactly zero where they were supposed to go. I would make staying at 10 the favorite because as you and I continue to talk about, I love when people call, we'll trade down to number 18. 
Not only do they know where he's trading down to, they know exactly what number they're trading down to. Well, who's got the pick at 18? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to slot him in at 18 because that's where it makes the most sense. I love the amateur general manager. Um, no, I think they're, they're, there's a really good chance, better chance that they stay put at 10 and they move this year, which I know is against Howie's regular M.O., and the one that I'm having a tough time grasping is moving up. I, I understand that Jalen Carter is a guy that they like. They had in for a meeting. Um, they're not going to come out and tell us, but indications are that they're willing to take the chances to come with Jalen Carter. But I'm with you. I, I think the Eagles are not the only team that fall into this category. I think that uh, he's not going to get past five and he's going to be a Seattle Seahawks. So I don't see them trading up because I don't think Jalen Carter is going to be available. I don't think they're going to be able to get high enough to get him. So I'm going to put that at just 10%, 50%. They stay put where they are. I think where Eagle fans will at least have some fun on draft night. And it'll be frustrating at first. I think they're going to trade down. If, if they're going to move, I would say much more down than up, which you know what that's going to do two, two nights from now, Johnny Mac, it will keep the Bijan hope alive. If they trade down from 10 and Bijan's still on the board, which I think he will be at 10, wherever the Eagles happen to trade down to, and I'm not going to give you an exact number because I sure as hell don't know what number 18, it is. Johnny, 18, 18. 18, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm not going to make that same obnoxious uh, mistake, but it will keep the Bijan hope alive for a little bit. So I say 10, 50, which I know flies in the face of Howie's usual MO, and 40% that they trade down because as you laid it out, you're leaving open the possibility that Jalen Carter could fall to a point where the Eagles think they can go get him. And here's the other reason why I don't think <clears> the Eagles <throat> going to trade up. They don't have the draft capital this year to do so. When you're without a fourth, fifth, and a sixth round pick, you kind of need that second and third round pick, which you would have to use to be able to move up in the first round. Now, they've got a couple of extra picks next year, which, again, if you're talking about dealing next year's pick, anytime you move off a year, you're dropping down the value of that pick because the other team's got to wait 12 months to use it. And a whole bunch of the Eagles draft next year is based on compensatory picks for free agents they lost this year. Well, they don't have those picks yet. We believe they're going to get those picks. But since we don't even know where those picks are, because the NFL doesn't determine them for another year, you can't exactly trade them. Well, we'll trade you a compensatory pick. Well, where is that pick? Well, we don't know. Well, then we don't want that pick. Thank you very much. Sorry, Howie Roseman. We're not making that deal. So, the whole, well, they've got picks they can trade next year. They've got an extra pick from New Orleans, one more for the deal from the deal they made next uh, last year. That's a second-round pick. At least that's tangible. At least you know where that's going to fall. I think that the Eagles are a little shorthanded with bullets to move up in this year's draft, so that's why I think they're not doing it. Um, um, uh, well, you can't trade compensatory pick, future compensatory Right. You know you're going to get them, yeah. so you, you can know trade. You're gonna get them. They, I'm not yeah, the Eagles think they're going to get a fourth-round compensatory pick. Well, then they can trade their own pick, yes, their yes, own fourth-round yes. pick next year because yes. they believe they're going to yeah. get a compensatory pick, but they can't trade the compensatory They itself. do know they're going to get it. I mean, the, the, the formula is, you know, it's, it's not difficult for them to figure out. So they do know they're going to get 
four compensatory picks. So they can work it, as you just said. If you want to send a future, you know you're getting, um, you know, there might be a little bit of, of, of caution about, is it going to be a third? Is it going to be a fourth? Is it going to be a fourth? Is it going to be a fifth? Uh, but, you know, you have that extra draft capital. They know that's coming. That's part of their plan. Um, and that's why they let so many guys walk. Not the only reason, but they knew they were going to get compensatory picks back when they let people walk. And that's one of the reasons they didn't sign guys to big money contracts because they didn't want to cancel out potential compensatory picks. So that's why you have a bunch of lottery tickets. So all of that comes into the the planning as a whole. I think a lot of people say, you know, the Eagles need more picks, need more picks, need more picks. And, and for the most part, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but Howie, every once in a while, Howie tells the truth. I think he told the truth two times in his press conference. And when he said, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you guys anything. He doesn't tell us anything about individual players. He does occasionally let us in on, you know, sort of a organizational philosophy or theme or whatever you want to call it. And he talked about one of them was he talked about age of the prospects in the COVID world. Uh, and and there's a lot of older prospects because he had the extra year. And, you know, he, he mentioned you can't necessarily grade them the same way you can a 20, 21 year old kid, especially when it comes to physical traits. And I think that was a, a signal to about Lucas Van Ness, to be honest, because he's, he's so young and he's already so powerful and they're like, and he put a number on it. He put, those guys are going to get 20% stronger when they get into an NFL, um, you know, strength and conditioning program. So that was one. You think, that was, the, you think that was Van Ness targeted, huh? No, I don't think that, but it, it, it fits Van Ness. Not only Van Ness, he's talking about all younger prospects and, and the fact that you can't, you know, if you're 24, 25, the old sort of grown man, you see these NFL, you know, one thing you always say about offensive, defensive linemen, they got to get in the weight room. They got to get NFL strength. So if you're already ahead of the game, as Van Ness is, and you put 20% on top of that, well, you start going, oof, in a couple of years, you know, that can turn into something. But I digress. The, the, then the other part, which is kind of what we were talking about, and, and, and more picks, more picks, more picks, everybody's focused on more picks because they don't have a fourth, a fifth, uh, a sixth. He said impact, impact players. Impact players are more important. Um, and you don't have to look far. Um, last year they had five picks. Um, if you go back to the, in the, in the wake of Carson Wentz, they had back to back years, 2018 and 2019 of five picks, 2018 draft, by the way, one of their best ever with Goddard, Maddox, Sweat, and Mylotta. um, impact more important than numbers. And he mentioned that. Um, and, you know, I've also heard, it's not just about Carter. I've also heard the visit went well and the Eagles like him. Uh, we know the Eagles like him, but remember. Right, but that's, if, that's if, been if said about, it, that's been if, said by a couple other teams that yeah, before the Eagles. Well, that's, you can't control other people. That's the problem. Right. But Seattle's one team. 
Seattle's one team. So it, I'm with you. I think Seattle's going to take him. But if we're wrong, then all of a sudden, bang, they're trying to get up. If, if Seattle goes in a different direction for whatever reason, maybe they want to trade out. Maybe somebody wants to go up and they don't want to take the quarterback at that point, but they want to take the quarterback later. Maybe they trade out. All I'm saying is that's a that's a flimsy linchpin. If they decide to go in a different direction, uh, all of a sudden I think the Eagles perk up and say, all right, we got to go ahead of Chicago. We got to get up, um, you know, and, and, and let's try to do it. Not saying you can do it saying it's going to be, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the things that drives me crazy. You saw a report. I don't know if you saw it, but some people saw it. Oh, the Eagles are calling about trading up. Well, yeah, they're calling about, they call everybody about everything. They're also calling people about trading down. Um, that's what I said. The foundation, the homework, he's got all these contingencies mapped out. Um, but I think, those two themes and the bigger one is impact, impact, impact. He doesn't give a flying hoot about a fifth round pick if he can get Jalen Carter. I mean, that's, and, and by the way, he's right. Johnny, a fifth round pick is going to get you up from 10 to. No, to I'm seven. just talking about, I'm talking about the numbers. He's probably going to have to give up 30 to be honest. And he doesn't care. That's what, but, but the larger point is, it, 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 the numbers don't matter if you can get impactful players. They think he's an impactful player. So I'm not as concerned with the numbers as, as other people are. Now, remember, if none of this stuff happened, Jody, this guy's probably going number one overall. So, it, you know, if you're the Eagles and you have a unique opportunity to get a guy who might be the best player overall in the draft, that's that's kind of an Eagles move. That's he, kind of an Eagles move. He might be the best player in the draft, but he had and has no chance of going number one. Carolina moved up to take a quarterback. They're going to take a quarterback, so he has no chance to be number one. Could he be number two? Yeah, that's not impossible. That Houston decides we're going to wait till 12 to take a quarterback, and then if he goes number two, the Eagles sure as hell aren't getting up to number two. That's why I think they're – is but, a, but what I was talking about, not now, when the process started, Jody, before his troubles, before Chicago traded right. out, he was pretty much the consensus number one pick. And now he's not. And, you know, if they have an opportunity, I think they're going to try to seize that opportunity. Yeah, I don't think he was ever the consensus number one pick. He might be the number one graded player but he was never going to be the number one pick because there are quarterbacks that are worthy of being the number one pick and quarterbacks always move up. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that's the way the NFL I, works. I'm, I'm saying if Chicago didn't move out, Chicago wasn't looking for a quarterback. Now they were smart to trade out. Um, I don't know. They probably went down a little bit too much. They probably did it a little bit too quickly, but they had made their case. They said, we're going to stick with Justin Fields. If they didn't trade out, they were taking the best defensive player. If they were taking the best defensive player, people can argue for Will Anderson. If there were no issues, legal issues, and this is a perfect world, they would have took Jalen Carter. Most people are on that page. That's all I'm saying. And I'm saying if the Bears uh, are still thinking in those directions, they've got a better chance to trade up and get Jalen Carter than the Eagles do this year. So that's why I'm telling you, I I'm trying to like brace Eagle fans for the fact that 
they're not getting Jalen Carter. If they do, I'll come on here and eat crow on Friday. But I'm telling you right now, Jalen Carter is not going to be an Eagle. He's going to be going higher in the draft than the Eagles are going to be capable of going up and getting. A lot of draft talk here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. We're going to continue it next. Russell Brown from uh, draft analyst for Fantasy Pros is going to jump in with us next here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Streaming in on in here on Birds 365 with John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are joined by Russ Brown from Fantasy Pros Draft Analyst to come in and give us his take on how the first round's going to go. All right, Russ, John and I were just arguing about the top 10 and saying what can happen for the Eagles who will come off the board. What will Howie Roseman do because of that? How much movement do you think there will be in the top 10? 
I don't think there'll be that much. I mean, history shows over the last, you know, three, four, maybe even five drafts, there's really only been a, a total of, of two picks in the top nine uh, being traded. So it doesn't happen as frequently as we all want to predict. And it, it's, it's hard for teams to give up the assets. And I will say, I think if there's a team that is looking to move up in the draft, I don't think it's a team looking for a quarterback. I personally think it could be a team like Philadelphia trying to jump a couple of teams to maybe get in position to get Jalen Carter. If he does slide down the board, maybe he's not the pick at five. I, I do believe that, you know, Detroit would be interested in moving back from six to 10 and, and maybe Philly would want to get up there and jump Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Chicago to ensure that they get Jalen Carter. Cause I do believe, you know, he's pretty high up on their draft board. Uh, but ultimately I could see Philadelphia moving back to at from, from 10, I, I could see them moving from 10 to potentially even 12, maybe Houston moves up to 10 to, to jump Tennessee to ensure that they get a quarterback uh, that quarterback could be Will Levis or maybe it's C.J. Stroud if he ends up falling a little bit or maybe it's Anthony Richardson. Um, but ultimately, I, I think there's some intrigue there with Philly as maybe a, a potential trade up or trade down candidate uh, within the top 10. But but realistically, I don't think we're going to see the movement that we we all predict or, or thought we were going to see. Uh, Russell, I think, you know, with the Eagles starting at 10, and I think you're right. I mean, there's the potential to move up and I think Seattle's going to be key in that. Uh, if they take Jalen Carter, they might be looking to move back and you always need two to tango. You need the dance party, but if they're forced to stay at 10, um, I think obviously the more quarterbacks, the better for them in that top nine. How many quarterbacks do you have going in that top nine? Uh, the, the way, I mean, again, I've been scrapping mock draft left and right here trying to finalize this thing. And, you know, last year I finished ninth in, in overall scoring and, and I'm, I'm on a kind of a record pace if I keep this up for a five-year average, but I don't know if I'll be able to maintain it this year. I mean, it's a, such a yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, but I mean, ultimately the, the way I see it, maybe two quarterbacks in the top nine, the, the way I'm, I'm kind of yeah. drawing this up. And I just, I have a hard time pinpointing where these guys go. And I don't believe Houston's taken one at two. I, I feel very confident it's going to be either Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson there. Um, I don't see Arizona moving out of a pick. I think if Will Anderson's there, that's their guy. If, if he ends up, you know, being the pick at two, I could see them pivoting away from Tyree Wilson and potentially going with a player like Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Um, at three. Wow. And, How about and Paris he, Johnson at three? A lot of, there's, a lot of smoke about that. Yeah. There's been a lot of buzz about that. And I do wonder if that's simply if, if they're trying to get a team, maybe, you know, like maybe Atlanta or Chicago, or maybe even a team like Philadelphia to try to come up and get an offensive tackle. Um, you know, there's been a lot of buzz around the, the Steelers wanting to move up for that offensive tackle. And I, and I will say this about Devin Witherspoon if for the, for the betting crowd out there, he's plus 2000. Uh, to be the third overall pick. I would, I wouldn't sprinkle the, the mortgage on it, but you want to throw a couple <laughs> bucks on it, you know, sure. Uh, and the reason why I say that is I know they've done a lot of research on him and there's always a wild card in the top five of the draft. We saw it last year. Derek Stingley went third overall to Houston. If you look at the Cardinals depth chart, it's atrocious at that cornerback position. Antonio Harrison, I believe his name is. I don't even know who it is. I mean, I know a lot about these players. He's, 
He's their number one corner. The player opposite him is Marco Wilson. Some research on him, 96 receptions, over 1,100 yards given up and 11 touchdowns in two years. They need a corner. So I think Devin Witherspoon could be a sneaky play there at three. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you throw the Colts in there, that's a quarterback. Seattle, we'll see. I mean, we, in the, in, coming out of the weekend, we heard Jalen Carter a lot. We could see maybe a quarterback if Stroud is there. I, I've always kind of pinpointed Stroud. Um, but going back to the senior bowl, Will Levis was a guy I heard a lot for Seattle. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I, could the Raiders take one? I, I don't know. I just, I don't buy that. Would, would they really want to Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think so. So ultimately I think two and uh, in that top nine. And, and I think we'll kind of see what happens from, from 10 on down. All right. If you've got only two quarterbacks and you're not locking in, we're not asking you to lock in. You got 35 hours to change your mind. <laughs> um, but if you only got two quarterbacks, could could Stroud actually fall out of the top 10 if if there is a team like Indianapolis that did all the research on Levis, was looking at Levis, was thinking Levis, all of a sudden Houston's not going to take Stroud. They'll go, well, we're, we're kind of married to Levis already. Could Stroud actually fall out of the top 10? It's possible. I mean, we've seen it before. We saw it with Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State. He fell to Washington at, at 15th or 16th in that draft. We saw it with Justin Fields. He fell to 11th, you know, to Chicago. So I think it's possible if he ends up getting down to, you know, 10 or 11, that's where I think maybe Houston tries to jump Tennessee to get him or Tennessee just takes him at 11. I don't think we're going to see a team like, you know, the Washington commanders or anything like that make a trade up. I think they're pretty content with Sam Howell. Um, but ultimately I think, you know, 11 and 12, if, if we see Richardson and potentially Stroud fall, I, I think that's where we could see them fall go. But I've, I've also kind of heard some rumblings that don't be surprised if Houston maybe goes defense with their first two picks and they've got the ammunition to try to move back into this first round. And if they move back in, you know, maybe a team like Buffalo or maybe even the Philadelphia Eagles at 30 could be a trade candidate to, you know, trade back up with, and maybe they would take Hendon Hooker in that spot. So yeah. I know they, I've heard that they like him quite a bit. Um, they don't want to take him at 12, but if they have to, they will. Um, so we'll kind of see, but it, it's, it's a guessing game at this point. And, and will Levis at four makes sense. We've heard a lot of rumblings on that, but I wouldn't sleep on the idea of Anthony Richardson as well at four. I've, I've heard, you know, his name quite a bit uh, within the last day or so. All right. We got to feed the beast, Russell. Uh, I don't know if you know, but here in Philadelphia, it's all Bijan all the time, even <laughs> though the Eagles don't take running backs in the first round of the draft. Um, they would have been 2017. Now everybody's going back to Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't see the comparisons. The Eagles loved uh, uh, C-Max ability in the passing game. It was also a different uh, offense at the time with Carson Wentz. Now the running game is about plus one and spacing and numbers. I don't see the value, uh, 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 but I recognize this is one of the best players in the draft. I find a hard time fitting him somewhere. Who's going to jump to take uh, Bijan Robinson. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I started the train of, of Bijan to, to the Eagles at 10. It might've <laughs> even been, it might've even been on this show back in February or something, but uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I really think Atlanta makes a lot of sense at eight and I know they've got Tyler Algier. I know he had a sneaky good rookie season with a thousand yards, but can he maintain that throughout the course of his career? He's just not that dynamic of a back. He's very more, you know, straightforward North and South type guy. 
Bijan's a difference maker. He's a playmaker. And I think when you look at Atlanta, if Desmond Ritter's their guy, you have to surround weapons with him. And I think Bijan makes a lot of sense. He He's a great pass catcher. He's obviously a great runner between the tackles and in the open field. And I really think Atlanta with Bijan, I mean, that would be the, the, the place I locked that in. And, and my mock draft 2.0 with Fantasy Pros a few weeks ago, that's that's where I had Bijan going. So I think that's where we could see it. Now, again, if maybe Tyree Wilson falls a little bit, I think Atlanta would maybe jump for joy if he ended up falling to eight. Um, it's possible. Um, but I, again, I could see if, if he's there at 10, I could see Philadelphia taking him. They have the luxury to do it. And I, I know they've got some older players and I know they've, they've got some decent draft capital in this year's draft. They don't have the greatest draft capital. And I know, again, we know that they're maybe trying to move one of those picks to maybe just get an additional day two pick. Um, but I, I think ultimately anywhere between eight through 10 is where I think Bijan's going to go. And I, I wouldn't sleep on Chicago either. The, the backfield of, of Justin Fields and Bijan Robinson, I mean, it, it would be really tough to defend that because they're both so athletic. All right. The Eagle fans aren't happy with you if you got them going before the Eagles. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> they want at least to be able to scream Bijan's name when the Eagles get on the clock at 10. But uh, we'll have to see how it plays out Thursday night. All right. Here's, uh, if if you need a pen and a piece of paper, write this down. Because I'm going to give you five guys. At 10, I think the Eagles are either going offensive line or defensive line. When I say defensive line, I mean outside edge. I don't think if, uh, and I believe Jalen Carter be off the board, they're not going to look at any other DT at number 10. So here are the five guys, and I need you to give me the order that you would rank them in. You've got draft grades on all these guys. If you want to say, Jody, a veritable tie, fine. But put them in an order. Offensive line, Skaronsky and Paris Johnson. Edge, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, and Nolan Smith. I think one of those five guys will be the Eagles pick at number 10. What order do you have those five guys in? Uh, if I had to rank them, it would be Miles Murphy, Peter Skaronsky, and I'm just I'm ranking them all in order off just right. the board. Uh, Miles Murphy, Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness. That's how I would rank them. And uh, you know, but just if I had to break them into tiers, offensive line, I would go Peter Skaronsky and then Paris Johnson, and then in the edge rushers, it would be Murphy, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness. So uh, I think Miles Murphy is very slept on in this class. I think he's very underrated. He's a, a top five player for me. I think his, his his speed to power is really something. And when you go and you look at tape, and I've posted some on Twitter, when you watch him, there's times he's getting tackled by the opposition. I mean, people don't know how to always defend him. Now, there's times where they bring in an H back and a tight end and, and all that stuff. I just I think it's one of those Rashawn Gary type cases. He's very comparable athletically to him. And a lot of people didn't know much about Rashawn Gary other than, you know, as far as where's the production, nobody really knew where that was at at Michigan. And, and it kind of came out as he got to green Bay. I think miles Murphy's kind of in a similar boat. I think he makes a lot of sense at 10. I think he'd be perfect behind Brandon Graham for a year, kind of rotating in and out with the players that they have. Um, and then, you know, with the offensive line, I think Skaronsky just fits what they look for an offensive lineman, versatile, can play guard tackle, uh, I know a lot of people view him as a guard because of the arm length, but he's just so consistent with his technique at tackle. I think he makes a lot of sense there. So I, I, I think between, you know, Skaronsky and Miles Murphy, I don't think they can go wrong with either player. And he kind of fits the mold of what they look for. 
Um, want to talk about day two with you, Russell, because I need, um, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I need a coverage safety and I need a coverage linebacker because that's what they do. They play the big Fangio scheme. Um, I'm not saying Belichick. I see I, they yeah. got to get somebody. I can't yeah. play with Nicholas Moore. You're going linebacker again, Johnny Mack. No, I can't. How they I devalue linebacker here. I can't play with. I can't roll out Nicholas Morrow and Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds and even Nicobe Dean. I can't show up week one with just those guys in the back seven. And they play what they play. And I don't love the scheme, but that like a lot of people. They play the big Fangio scheme, and it's about covered safeties more than box safeties. It's about 218-pound linebackers more than, you know, the thumpers like Jack Campbell. So who fits that theme on day two or even early day three if they can figure out how to get more draft capital? Yeah, I mean, at the safety position, one guy that instantly stands out. I mean, I would have said Sidney Brown, but you mentioned, you know, not the need for a box safety. I think he's more of a box safety. Jordan Battle out of Alabama. I like his coverage skills, but he seems more of like that buzz defender that would play closer to the box because of his physicality. Again, maybe Jordan Battle makes sense somewhere in that second or third round range for them. But Jamie Robinson at the safety position, if, if he ends up just slipping a little bit and you're able to get him in the late second or third round portion of this draft. I think you get a guy that can attack downhill with a vengeance. He's physical enough to blitz, but when you look at his coverage skills, I think he, he can float over the top, whether it's covered cover two responsibilities or as a single high safety. Um, I think the, the thing that just is a knock on him is he lacks the ideal length. I mean, he's only got 29 inch arms, so he do, he's not as long as you would want him to be. So that might make, his job tough through the catch point against, you know, those larger receivers and those types of things. But he's, he's a player that, you know, had 13 starts with South Carolina. He transfers over to Florida state really made an impact in that defense. And I think he's a, he's a fun player. And I think he would be somebody that would make a lot of sense for them. Uh, if you want to talk about linebackers, I want to know where Trenton Simpson is going to go in this draft. I would love to, I would love to think he makes sense for Buffalo. Well, he's really, way too good for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see him in Eagle green. I think he's off the board. Yeah. Before they, they don't, they don't look until, until it's a value Russell They're They're not even uh, thinking about linebacker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, deeper in the draft. Uh, I mean, I only have six graded, so I, I'm, you know, the linebackers, I, I didn't love this year. I, I will say, Henry Toto from Alabama would go. be would be a, a fun player in that third round range. I think he's very explosive, a little bit undersized at 6'1", 227, but I think he's fine for a Will Backer role. Perfect. He's a, he's a perfect he, fit, undersized. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought there were times, though, he was a little stiff with his hips. I thought his tackling technique was a little bit inconsistent. But, again, he's a, he's experienced. He's 24. He's a little bit older. But I think he, he would make some sense there in the box. And if you want to take a swing at him in the third round, that's, a, I think, a perfect value. Yeah, John would love that because then he gets to write the line, you're not in Tuscaloosa anymore, Toto, <laughs> if he were to come here to play linebacker at Philadelphia. Um, I had a specific position for you. If the Eagles don't get B. John Robinson, which none of us seem to believe that's going to happen, uh, they do need another running back. They need to add to their stable. Rashad Penny could have a 1,300-yard year, or he could have a 600-yard year because he misses nine games for the Eagles this season. So uh, it's just too much of an unknown. We know they're going to draft a running back at some point. 
It could be day three or it could be day two after B. John Robinson. Give us the next two or three backs and where you think they come off the board. Well, I would love to see Jamire Gibbs. I think at 30, it's a little rich for some, but if they pass on Bijan at the 10th pick, maybe they take Gibbs at 30. I think he's an explosive playmaker. You get the ball in his hands. I love what he can do in the open field. Great burst, acceleration. He had 44 receptions this past year. He's a pass catcher. Um, and at 5'9", 199, there's a lot of comparisons to, you know, some people say Jamal Charles. Some people say um, – you know, Alvin Kamara, I think either one of those fit and either way, I'm not a pro comparison guy. I'm going to let Gibbs be Gibbs. And I think he could be a heck of a football player with Philly and Jalen Hurts. But if uh, Gibbs is gone, because there's some buzz that maybe he goes to a team like Tampa or Cincinnati or maybe even Dallas. So if he's gone, I think, you know, Zach Charbonnet, on day two is a steal. I think he's a heck of a football player. I think we'd be talking about him as the top back in the class if there was no Bijan Robinson or Gibbs. Um, but he's a he's a great football player. He runs a little high, but he's got great contact balance. He gains speed as he runs down the field. I think if if you put him in this offense where you know you can run those zone reads and, and those types of things. He's going to be able to get downhill quickly. Teams are going to have to honor and kind of freeze a little bit as defenders watching Jalen Hurts. And Charbonnet is going to gain steam, and he's going to gain four, five, six yards at a pop. Uh, and then just lastly, a sneaky play, I think, is, is Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. He stands out with his pass-catching ability. He's got great bursts through the hole. And I think he takes on contact pretty well for a 5'9", you know, 207 back. Now, long speed's not his game. He ran a 4'6", 340. But I think he's a fun player, and I, I think he's somebody that – if you could get him in the third round or maybe you move back a little bit and he's there in round four, I think he would be a, a heck of a football player in addition uh, to kind of pair with Penny. Like your sleeper mode. Thanks for letting me in, John. Um, Charbonnet, is he going to get down into the 60s? Because that's where the Eagles draft in the second round. Or would Howie Roseman, we're talking about Howie moving and shaking, would he have to move up in the second round to get Charbonnet if they pass on Robinson and Gibbs isn't there when they're thinking about taking him? Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that he makes it there to 62. Uh, again, I think Cincinnati, uh, I think Cincinnati, Dallas and Tampa are teams to really watch for a potential running back in either the first round with Gibbs or potentially in the second round for Charbonnet. So maybe they got to move up a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe they make a move with Detroit or maybe they make a move with, you know, a team like the Chargers at 54 or 55 to get them. Uh, but I think he makes I think he makes a lot of sense for them. And and I would be OK if I'm a if I'm a fan of the Eagles. I'd be OK with them moving up a couple spots just to ensure that they get that other running back because I, I don't trust Rashad Penny in my backfield uh, for the whole season. I, I mean, it's great to be optimistic about him, but yeah. I, I can't I, I can't yeah. trust him. No, I'm with you there. I mean, in, until we see it, we can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, tremendous talent, though. But yeah, um, I don't know how many touches you're going to get. Uh, right. Wide receiver wise, it seems like, you know, I've talked for the past few years, we've been so spoiled at wide receiver, uh, Russell. And this class doesn't look as good, certainly at the top. Um, how many receivers you got going in the first round? We're used to Jefferson and Chase and all these guys splashing right away now. Um, I don't see that with this year's draft outside in Jigba. And by the way, you know, C.J. Stroud we were talking about, that's my only concern. It, this is close to Jody's heart as well, the S2 cognition test. He loves that. Um, 
I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned he's never going to have a better wide receiver room in his life than he had at Ohio State. So he's never thrown to a guy who wasn't open. Yeah. But other than in Jigba, how many how many receivers you got going in this first round? Well, I mean, it, I, I think in total we'll see maybe three. Uh, to be completely honest, I see a lot of the the, the big time media putting out that you know we're going to see five, maybe six. I don't buy it. I mean, may, maybe we see Jalen Hyatt in the first round rather than Jordan Addison. I I would be a little surprised if Quentin Johnston makes it in. Um, and again, with Jordan Addison, I'd be surprised if he made it in. I really think the two that I would lock in is, is Jackson Smith and, and Zay Flowers. I think those are the two guys that are for sure going. And then just the wild card is, is you know, a combination of either Hyatt, Jordan Addison, or Quentin Johnston. And, and the reason why is Jalen Hyatt does not have the route running skills as other receivers in this draft. He was really kind of that one-trick pony running the vertical routes. He's got great speed. I mean, his PR in the 100-meter dash was 10.41 seconds in high school. So you know the speed, and it's, it's, it's legit. But with Jordan Addison, he's 5'11", 173, not very explosive. That's a concern. He knows how to get open. But you're talking about a slot receiver that doesn't have the explosiveness. That's a concern. And then you just look at Quentin Johnston. He struggles against physical corners. He's a player that, you know, didn't high point the ball consistently at the, at the college level. He had great tracking ability. He had great buildup speed, but he ran a, you know, abysmal three cone drill at his, at his pro day. And he kind of falls into that DK Metcalf category. If you, if you want to talk about guys that just really aren't fluid, maybe explosive after the catch and, Again, not saying, you know, DK Metcalf going late in the second round was the right choice. It, it wasn't. But I just I think teams might view it as saying, hey, we're going to we're going to take Quentin Johnson early on day two. So ultimately, I think I think two for sure, maybe three. Jalen Carter is not going to be available when the Eagles pick. I'm on record. If, if the Eagles get him, I'm going to have to eat some serious crow here. But I'm going <laughs> to say he's off the board by the time the Eagles pick. <laughs> They'd still like to add another DT. It's not going to be day one or day two if they get some extra draft capital, make some trades. Is there an underrated day three defensive tackle, kind of a sleeper guy <laughs> that isn't being talked about going the first couple of days that you like, that you think is going to be a contributing rotational defensive tackle guy in this year's draft? Yeah, I've got two. Uh, Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, I think. And both these guys played at the Shrine Bowl. They did a phenomenal job down there. But Kobe Turner's really underrated, in my opinion, maybe as a three technique at the next level. He might even play a little four eye or five just to kind of bump outside as a as a uh, defensive end from time to time. But his three cone drill was 7.08 seconds. I mean, that's that's in the Aaron Donald range of defensive tackles and at six, two and a, you know, three quarters and 288 pounds, he's got 32 inch arms and he's, he's a little bit older. He's 24, but this kid's got his head on, right? I mean, he's a, he's a smart player. He took school very serious at Wake Forest. He's a, he's a phenomenal singer. Uh, if you want to, if you want him to do the national anthem for you, um, Could he you know, do, he, do a duet uh, with uh, Jordan Mylotta. Yeah, that will be the it, key. Exactly. One offense, one defense, nice balance there. Right, exactly. They could, you know, maybe have like an American Idol type thing or something. But, uh, you know, he, Jordan he, he was could... on The Mass Singer, by the way, Russell. If you did not see it, uh, he was on The Mass Singer, I believe is what it's called on Fox. Well, yeah. well I throw Kobe Turner in there as well. But, you know, he gets praised for his leadership. I thought he was just, you know, he really jumped off on the tape with his explosiveness. And I, I think the way he he moves, he's just so fluid. I think he he goes a lot higher than people think. And I think that third round makes sense. And then just another one, Dante Stills, West Virginia. So consistent, 
played a ton of football, 36 starts, 58 uh, games played in his career. His dad, Gary, played 10 years in the NFL. He played for the Chiefs. Um, and at 6'3", 286, a little bit undersized, but he ran the 40 in 4.85 seconds. And again, we're looking at a rotational player to start. I think he can be a solid three technique, four eye. I think Stills does not get enough love as a, as a late third round pick in this draft. So I think those two guys would be kind of home runs for any oh, team that's getting them. Please don't say that. Because our next guest coming up is a West Virginia guy, and I wanted to. Yeah, still, I mentioned him. They're gonna have nobody picked in the first two days. You can't have that. He's got to hold over to to the fourth round. Don't get him picked in the third round, because then I'm gonna have to listen to Gil about it. Uh, (laughs) At uh, Russ NFL Draft, make sure you you follow Russell Brown on Twitter. Does a tremendous job. Fantasy Pros, NFL Draft Analyst. We were talking about defensive tackles, so. I want to. I'll close it uh, with two two specific guys. I want your thoughts on because I've seen wild sort of you know different grades for the kid from Baylor. I don't want to screw his name, Siaki Ika, but he's mm-hmm. a big you know three hundred fifty pound guy. And then Kalijah Kansi. We talked a little bit about um, Aaron Donald and Pitt, and it's not fair, but. He's got explosion. He's undersized. Same helmets. Everyone looks at that. Um, those two specific ends of the spectrum with those two prospects. Where where do you sort of rate those guys? Well, I think Cansey, you know, on my board, he earned a second round grade, and it's just simply because he's so undersized. I mean, he's such an outlier at six one two eighty one. Like I know there's a lot of conversation of well, he could be like Ed Oliver. Well. Ed Oliver wasn't six one. Ed Oliver's like yeah. six two and six two and a half, six three, and he wasn't two hundred and eighty pounds. And I love Cansey for what you can see on the field. He's got such a great plan of attack. He's so fluid with his hand. He's so explosive off the football. And I think with his size, he's versatile enough to kind of move him around. So he would make sense for a team like Philly, actually, to kind of pair up with Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and that interior defensive line. And again, he's versatile enough where he can move around. So I like the fit there. Maybe he's the guy at 30. Just the interesting thing with him is he didn't take any top 30 visits on record. Now, yeah. again, he, he could have visited with every single team in the league, which is more than likely what happened. And a lot of signs are pointing to him being a first rounder. It's just a matter of where. So we'll see. I like the player, just a bit of an outlier. And then with, with Ika, He's he's a massive nose. I mean, he's 6'3", 335. He's going to play as a nose, a two-eye, a zero shade. He's somebody that puts the work in. He lost 35 pounds from, you know, his days at LSU. And I think when you look at him, I mean, he he doesn't really have the, the same plan of attack or the hand movement or skills that a, that a player like uh, Cansey has or some other interior defensive linemen. And he's a heavy leaner. But I just think when you look for a player that needs to plug the gap, he, he can do that. And I think in the run game as a two down player, he makes so much sense for, for any team looking for kind of that a gap player. And every now and again, he's kind of light on his feet with a spin move. So I, I think there's a lot of intrigue. Well, I like the, 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 the reason I asked you about him, Russell, the, the Eagles need a backup for Jordan Davis. Could he mm-hmm. last all the way to the seventh round as a two down player? Could he, could he last that far? No, I, I think, you know, that second or, or you said seventh round. Yeah. Because yeah, I've no, seen people put them in seventh round. I've seen people put them in the third round. That's why I ask. It's you usually don't see that wild sort of gesticulation, yeah. and I've right. seen that Disparity. with him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's something, you know, maybe off the field that I wasn't able to uncover. I mean, I like him as a third round pick, but I could see him going in the late second. Ultimately, I, he's my 69th wow. ranked player. Yeah. So I, I think he's more of a third round pick just simply because of that two down value. But ultimately, you know, he's a good player. Uh, he just he's got to become more consistent in the NFL. I don't know what you're going to get as a pass rusher out of him. Russ, I know you've been waiting this with this question with bated breath, uh, and John usually asks it, but he didn't, so I'm going to scoop it up and score. <laughs> if the Eagles were to use a seventh-round pick, and they've got two, maybe they even trade a pick from next year to get back into the seventh round. How stupid does that sound? Um, but there has not been a punter selected. And the Eagles fear that someone's going to take a punter and they're not going to be able to outbid anybody for an undrafted free agent punter. Is there a punter worth taking in the seventh round if they're all available and the Eagles aggressively put themselves in a position to get the quote unquote best punter in this draft? Who is that? Man, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to go with a, a Michigan state guy, Bryce Berenger. That's going to be the guy that, I'm going to roll with, uh, you know, he played at Michigan state. He, you know, our offense wasn't very good at state. He punted a ton for us. I, I think he led the nation. <laughs> listen, right. listen to him. Use it. it a... sounds like Gil, us, yeah. Michigan state, us, West Virginia, well, us. There Russ, you you're, us. You're, the you're only a... us on this show is the Eagles. You're a Michigan <laughs> guy. So at, at the, the Michigan has a good punter as well. You guys got the corner. Michigan has the corner on the punters. You got Barringer and, uh, I'm trying to look at his name, Brad Robbins from Michigan. Yeah, those, uh, yeah, those yeah, might then, be the two best punters. Yeah, and Michigan's got the kicker Jake Moody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be taking a punter or a kicker in the in the, in the draft. I mean, maybe in the seventh round you could justify. That's what I'm it. saying. Seventh round. I'm going out on a limb and saying they use a seventh round pick. Yeah, maybe I would take Berenger, led the nation in punts. You know, uh, punt average or whatever with 49 or 50. So. That, that would be the direction I'd go. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't scout punters or kickers. Uh, <laughs> nobody does, That's, that's why nobody I does. asked you. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and if not, Rutgers. So the, the best punter coming off the board is definitely Big Ten. We, we've established that. The question is, who's it going to be? Well, yeah. we, we appreciate your yeah. jumping in with us today. Know you're going to be nuts the next couple of days, taking a couple of minutes out for us. We appreciate it greatly, Russ. Thank you much for doing so. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Anytime. I appreciate it. Enjoy all the right. draft. Russ Brown, uh, fantasypros.com. Check out all his draft analysis. You know, there. real real quick there, Jody. You know, everybody is with punters and kickers. Like, I've seen so many. You can't tell the difference. You, you really can't. And then I saw Justin Tucker, and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, guy, that guy's different. There's, um, there's no exception to the rule until there's an exception to yeah. the rule. And that's yeah. Justin Tucker. Exactly. Yeah. I saw him. He came, Baltimore came in. It was just, uh, it, it was just different. Uh, the ball just explodes off his foot and he go, Oh yeah, you can scout kickers. <laughs> yeah. he, he would be a machine. Uh, and our buddy Russ is at Rust's NFL draft. If you want to follow him on Twitter and link into his work on fantasy pros. All right. Thanks for streaming in for the work of John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We still got an hour to go. Yeah. We're going to have to listen to Mike Gill talk about us with West Virginia players. Stills. Yeah. Remember the, uh, it was like a couple weeks ago. You said, is anybody from West Virginia going to get drafted? I had to go deep for uh, Dante stills. Yeah.
And, and Russ liked them better, so he could go in the third round. Day, well, day that, that Baylor kid, I this, I thought the Eagles might have a shot for him on, on day three, but evidently not. He's got uh, him going in the third round, too. Russell got a grounded third third round in the draft. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We got an hour to play here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Back and back, guys, here on Bird Street 65. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, Mike Gill from 97.3 ESPN, uh, host of Sports Fast down the shore, going to join us in less than 20 minutes. All right, well, we got uh, 15, 20 minutes to fool around with you before Gill join us. I got a uh, specific question for you, John, when it has to do with the Eagles roster. You and I have said on several occasions here during the offseason, Eagles in free agency, trying to fill some of the voids from free agencies that free agents that have left and signed elsewhere have signed a couple of Jags. And for those who don't know what Jags are, that would be just a guy. NFL player, legitimate NFL player, not a count on him for every single down, <laughs> not going to be going to the Pro Bowl after the season. We hope you understand our use of the the phrase Jags and Evans and Morrow and Edmonds and Greedy Williams would fall into that category for John and myself. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of guys who have already been here, already on the roster, have been here for a minimum of two years. I won't include last year's rookies in this group, but guys who have been here, been in the system it certainly played uh, both years under Nick Sirianni. And I want you to give me your possibility that their role on the Eagles could increase this year. Because uh, one of your faves, one of my faves, T.J. Edwards, he didn't play. He came in as a rookie, was kind of lucky to make the team as an undrafted free agent. But over time, he got a chance. He started to flash. Before you know it, he was their starting linebacker. And before you know that, he was out the door signing a decent contract with the Chicago Bears, and he will be missed. So certainly the Eagles have a track record of not a massive one, but at least it's in place of giving guys a chance that we're here. And I'm talking about all guys who were drafted, and Edwards wasn't even at. He was an undrafted free agent. But then again, as you point out, the Eagles take pride in their ability to uh, pick out undrafted free agents and watch them become players in the National Football League. But here are the guys I want to ask you about. Can these guys actually take a major step up this year and become guys who are in rotations or get a chance to play for the Eagles? Taron Jackson was a sixth round <clears throat> pick two years ago in 21. To this point, hadn't done a whole hell of a lot for the Eagles. Is this the year Taron Jackson breaks out? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, remember uh, last year, uh, Tehran started, you know, the season on the 53-man roster. Um, and then the Eagles claimed Janarius Robinson off waivers, and he went to the practice squad. Then they, you know, brought in Robert Quinn, and, and you know, he spent most of the season. So, essentially, he got demoted. Um and now, you know, I think we're all on board with the Eagles are getting an edge rusher. If it's not a 10, it might be a 30. If it's not a 30, they're not coming out of the day two without an edge rusher. So I think there's going to be more hurdles in the way of Tamron Jackson 
rather than less. And, you know, I think that was pretty telling uh, when they put him on, demoted him to the practice squad. Uh, it's so, also telling that no other team in the National Football League said, oh, let's us grab him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they could have put yeah because you got to put somebody on waivers and yeah, so he didn't get picked up on waivers. Um, yeah, you never know. Obviously, there is, you know, light switch comes on, player development, work hard in the off season, come back, open some eyes. But um, I've seen no evidence of that to this point. Gotcha. Uh, at the linebacker position, Davion Taylor was a third-round draft pick. Most of these guys are day two guys that I'm going to throw – day three guys I'm going to throw you away. Davion Taylor was a day two linebacker, and he does have a tie to the defensive coordinator. Uh, They've held on to him. He's been, for me, pretty damn disappointing as a third-round draft pick, but he is still here. Does he have a chance to get into the seems-to-be-wide-open linebacker position? Yeah, I mean, he's got a better chance for the reasons you kind of stated right there. He knows D.J. Elliott from Colorado, so that's the new linebackers coach. Um, And they need linebackers. Uh, They lost T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, so there's openings. Um, Now, the problem is, similar to what we just talked about with Teron Jackson, I mean, he got demoted to the practice squad last year. Nobody picked him up. Nobody claimed him on waivers when they put him down there. Um, Nobody tried to sign him off the practice squad. But again, things have shifted in the fact that, and and when I brought up linebackers in the draft, you correctly said, well, they're not going to, you know, and they're probably not going to look at linebackers till day three. So, I mean, there's a big difference when you bring in a linebacker on day three, if they even bring in a linebacker on day three versus the 10th overall pick or the 30th overall pick at edge rusher. Um, So there's more opportunities um, at linebacker. And then the second part is the new linebackers coach does know him. So, you know, maybe he has a little advantage uh, from that perspective, but clearly You know, Christian Ellis passed him last year on the depth chart. Um, And we'll see if that continues because, you know, different eyes and different coach can can make a difference. And maybe that prior relationship helps with Davion Taylor. So a little bit of a better opportunity. But again, things certainly haven't trended in a positive direction. All right. Staying at that linebacker position. Does Sean Bradley have a chance to actually get on the field uh, other than on special teams this year? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, well, the problem, yeah, I mean, somebody's got to play, right? Um, You know, does he have a chance to compete with Nicholas Morrow? You know, why the hell not? Um, But at this point, I think he's penciled in as one of the core special teams players. Um, but I mean, I, I here, here's a, a, a real, and a lot of times competition, we always hear Nick Sirianni talk about competition. He is he a very does. competitive guy, very competitive guy. But the reality is there's a lot of positions you know. There's no competition. Nobody's competing with Lane Johnson, for instance. Uh, you know, nobody's competing with, with Jason Kelsey and so on. 
with the entrenched players. Um, in, in this case, there's a chance there's going to be competition. And if Christian Ellis is better than um, Nicholas Morrow, if Davion Taylor's better than both of them, if Sean Bradley's better, why not? Um, there's more of an opportunity at linebacker because other than Nicobe Dean, who you know they're going to uh, give the opportunity and, and you know, it's his job to lose, so to speak. Um, I don't think Nicholas Morrow's coming in here saying, look, if they had to play today, yes, he'd be a starting linebacker. Um, but I think they expect people to push him. Unfortunately, the guys that are scheduled to push him aren't awe-inspiring either. That's why John wants to see a linebacker taken in the third round. I'm hoping for a linebacker in the third round. Oh, I'm doubting a linebacker in the third round. Uh, I'm doubting it too. The Eagles uh, (laughs) emphasize or lack thereof uh, at the linebacker position. All right. Two more guys who have been Jags, who I'm asking, can they be more than Jags this upcoming year? Kayvon Wallace was actually a fairly high draft pick who has gotten a chance to play. It's not like Kayvon never plays. He plays the most out of the group of all the players that I'm uh, putting together. As a fourth-round pick back in 2020, is this a year that we can count on Kayvon because the safety position is absolutely wide open. There's playing time to be had there. Does Kayvon Wallace figure in it? Oh, boy, I don't think so. I mean, we're, you know, Reed Blankenship again, lapped him. And think about that. We talked about TJ Edwards, you know, Reed Blankenship, same way. You know, he was so deep on the on the depth chart and training camp, you couldn't see him. And all of a sudden, you know, the pads come on, he's physical. <laughs> the rare times they do come on. Um, he makes the team. Behind the scenes, he quickly passes Kayvon Wallace. I mean, Reed Blankenship is clearly ahead of him. Terrell Edmonds is clearly ahead of him. I would say Justin Evans is clearly ahead of him. Um, yeah, I don't. I think it's special teams or boss for Kayvon. All right, so point. let me ask you a question. And I'm not. Uh, you, you've got as good a scouting grab <clears throat> as anybody, John. Uh, and I'm not questioning whether you're right, wrong, or indifferent. Here's my question: If you're right about these, which is. Uh, I did not see much optimism or enthusiasm with any of those that I've mentioned so far. And I'm with you. Why are they still here? If, if they're already buried behind guys that you're going to go out and acquire on the free agent market, that you're paying the NFL minimum to. Evans is the NFL minimum. Uh, the, the, the former Pittsburgh player, slightly above at 2 million rather than 1.25 or whatever veteran minimum. If, if you're going out to re- get those type of guys, could you believe they're better than Kayvon Wallace? Why is Kayvon Wallace still on the roster? Um, draft, draft pick. You know, it, and, and by the way, this is not only the Eagles. I noticed, and you've been following the NFL for a long time, Jody. You know, you go back 20, 30 years ago, nobody had any problem cutting six, seventh round picks. I mean, they'd look bad in camp. All right, you're out. You're you're gone. Um, trap picks make teams now. 
I'm and 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 you not know, only make becomes... teams, make teams and stick around for yeah. years. Like you get the full four years of that contract. That yeah, don't really. Well, have to I play. mean, there's guys. If you look at recent history, um, and I'll pull it up real quick because um, very rarely do you see guys get cut um, in their first year anymore. And not this is not just the Eagles. This is everywhere. Um, and there's a lot of sixth, seventh round picks um, that shouldn't be making football teams. I, you know, to be honest, Kyron Johnson shouldn't have made the Eagles last year. Shouldn't have made the Eagles. Um, he's still here, and we'll see. Hopefully, and look, there's young players need time to develop. You know, there's a chance you don't want to. That's a tremendous athlete. Maybe they see something. You got to be patient. Blah blah blah. But in the old days, he would have been cut. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm trying to find the last Eagles player drafted who was cut right away. And by cut, I mean, you know, no practice squad, no nothing. Right. And, boy, you got to go back a long time. I, I, I mean, ooh, I'm, I'm, what year you I'm back still to? going. I'm 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 back to 2013, um, and 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 then I wasn't here. There might have been some guys in 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 the later rounds who Brandon Washington. I don't recall ever getting anywhere. David King maybe in 2013, but you know since I got here, which is basically 2016, everybody. Everybody has stuck around at least at least, at least the practice squad. Everybody, yeah. I, kind, I, it's unbelievable. Tell, kind of tells you something. Uh, I got one more player, and Gil's going to join us coming up here in less. You know, I, I I one real quick. Prince Tega Wanago in 2022, 2020, He, I think he made the practice. Yeah, he might no, have got they, yeah, they didn't got cut claimed. him. No, he got claimed by uh, might have been Kansas City. He's on Kansas City right. now. I think he got claimed. So, you know, there's sometimes you cut a guy, you plan to put him on the practice squad, he gets claimed uh, by another team when you're trying to maneuver that. But it's real. Guys keep their draft picks now. It's amazing. They do. Everybody covets those draft picks. I right, one more Jag guy. I need to get your take on, and it would be the third Mac of Mac, Mac, and Mac. That would be Zach, don't call me Zach McPherson, uh, who both you and I kind of root for. Uh, and you've uh, come on the show after a couple of practices in preseason and say, hey, made a couple of plays, made a couple of plays. He never really gets a chance to make too many plays in regular season games. Uh, he hasn't been, unlike some of these other guys, farmed out to the practice squad just yet. But can Zach be part of the mix at quarterback at cornerback this year for the Eagles. No, I, I think Zach is on a different level. He's, he's a better player. He's, he's a legitimate NFL player. Um, I think it's better for him this year. And I don't know if greedy Williams is going to make this team. I do know greedy Williams has some talent and he's, you know, second round pick um, six, two. He's a natural outside corner and remember you know you're hoping you don't have to play that guy you know hopefully he learns from slay and bradbury 
And when they're gone, maybe he can step up. That's the kind of lottery ticket. I think that was a worthwhile lottery ticket. I don't know if he can play. I don't know what went on in Cleveland. I haven't seen him yet. Um, but he had some talent. Um, Zach McPherson's been the backup. I think he's a slot corner. You know, he's not really tall, but they've needed him to be a backup outside corner. I think they can move him now. If Greedy, if Greedy Williams develops, I think they can move him to be the backup to Avante yeah, but Maddox. Last year when when uh, their slot corner went down, and that was on two separate occasions, they plugged Josiah Scott in as much as they did Zach. Well, no, they didn't play. That's what I'm saying. They didn't they didn't play Zach in the slot at all. And I think he is a slot corner. I'm saying they didn't have another option outside. So he was the top backup to Slay and Bradbury. Yeah, but um, if Slay and Bradbury are in the game and they're not hurt, why wouldn't you move McPherson in there if you think he could do it because, if Maddox is out? Because it's one of the he doesn't practice. He practices outside. He doesn't practice in the slot. Yeah. I think now, would and you by question the way, the Eagles, would you say that that is faulty coaching? Because you want your best players on the field. If one of your guys goes out with an injury, you want to put your three best corners out there and just, well, we haven't had a chance to use them as a backup in practice. No, you got to, don't the Eagles I, I like think, to brag about cross training? I know yeah. it's mostly on the offensive line, but you can't cross train a guy between slot corner well, and outside can. corner? You can. There's people that do it. Um, there's people that play outside, then move into the slot. They're generally, they're generally really good though. They're generally really good corners. They are different positions. Um, and you know, we're talking about backup players. So I think it's a little bit different. Nobody's saying he's a world beater like Byron Murphy, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Russell was just talking about how bad Arizona was at corner. Well, they lost Murphy at free agency. He's one of those guys. Like, he plays outside, and then he moves inside to the slot when you need a slot. Very few guys who can do that in the NFL. Um, and generally, backup players aren't good at it, Jody. So, what you know, you 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 train somebody to do one role, and then they – they also felt, you know, Josiah Scott is a natural slot corner. Made some plays, made some bad plays. Um, and ultimately, if you remember, another player who can move around, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, remember when Avante Maddox went down the second time, might have been the third time, and Chauncey was back. Then they moved Chauncey into the yeah, slot. Yep. And they put Blankenship back at safety when they needed a slot corner. So you got to be really good, really versatile. I'm not saying Zach McPherson is that. I'm not even saying Zach McPherson, they're going to move him to the slot. I'm saying I would move him to the slot if Greedy Williams can play. Well, and I guess I'm calling the Eagles on the carpet here. You can have a mirror player who plays safety and slot corner, but you can't have a guy who can play outside corner and slot corner. I am sorry. I just don't no, different, believe what the, the different skill level. Chauncey's a really good player. He might be a knucklehead, and, and the Eagles moved on. But he's a really good player. Byron Murphy's not team. talented enough. He's not a good enough player to go in and play the slot. 
It, 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 Slay doesn't play the slot at all. What I'm saying is, does he have enough talent to be able to do something like yeah, that? He, he, he probably does. He has in the past. Um, but people don't like to do it. There are very few people who do that, Jody. I, I just came up with two. I can't come up with many more. Uh, Murphy in Arizona. Um, Chauncey did it for a very short period of time. They didn't want him to do it for a long time. Um, there are not a lot of people that do that. Not, it is uh, the the slot coverage has become a very specialized thing in the National Football League. Eagles have a, a slot coach now. They right. even created a new coach for the slot. We, we got to get the mic. I'm on a tangent. I'm yeah, sorry. we both. I'm thought. sorry, Mike. Yeah, he's a big boy. He can take it. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash checking in with us. He's up next here on Verge Three Sixty Five. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
countdown on to the NFL draft here on Birds 365. McMullen, McDonald, and Mike Gill from down the shore, 97.3 ESPN, host of the Sports Bash. And we always appreciate it when he jumps in. He does so every single Wednesday. Uh, Mr. Gill, um, today, tomorrow, Friday, how many of the next three days are you going to make McMullen show up on your show to uh, balance the scales for your appearance here on Birds 365? Just today and tomorrow, the misery will not have to have. Although Friday is the fun day where you get to finally talk about what happened. Yeah, finally but, get uh, to talk about Bijan coming. We, we, you know, what are the uh, betting odds have him going to Philly as the the second or third? Uh, I think it was third. The last one I saw was third behind uh, Atlanta, Houston, which, uh, and Houston. Which I don't, I don't see Houston. Houston is the second pick in the draft. That yeah. would seem to be very. Uh, Houston, so, Houston is also the 12th pick in the 12th draft. Pick, that, yes. that may, may be yeah. where they're sliding. Houston is also one of the dumbest teams in the NFL. So, you know, they're, <laughs> they're in the conversation for doing anything. So, yeah, well, you're out, uh, out on the porch. It's chilly today, Mike. Yeah, I'm rocking a little hoodie out on the porch. Had my coffee hoodie on. He's fine. Looking hey, good. What does it say any, on the hoodie? Uh, the is, advertising. Uh, BFA Sports. I do a lot of play-by-play uh, for them. I do a lot of uh, live. I did uh, six baseball games this weekend uh, over down at the Can- Coaches versus Cancer Classic. So I call a lot of their play-by-play. Nice. nice. By the way, you get any? Uh, 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 get my wrestling uh, fix in any CM Punk news because he's creating a lot of news. Uh, any Mike Gill tidbits on CM Punk? He's not answering my texts these days, right? He did text oh. me not too long ago randomly because he was in Atlantic City calling it. They had a fight here. I think they have a fight coming up in AC soon. Boy, I but... miss big a- AC fights, man. That used to be great. I don't know. Big fights hey, believe it, it. Well, yeah, he he. You know, he's the color analyst for CFFC, the uh, yeah. the regional MMA promotion, and I used to do their play by play. So that's how I know, you know, Phil as as I would know him. All right. Well, then he's name dropping. Name dropping. I, I, I know we're getting off yeah. the track, but what is Phil doing, McMullen or Gill? What, what are you hearing? I'm not hearing anything on CC. Well, he was at the. Yeah. He showed up at the WWE. Got, showed up at Raw. Yeah. The other night. And he got thrown out by security. I guess he wanted to try to talk to Triple H about. Yeah. I mean, if you believe these, you know, dirt sheet rumors, he was trying to have a conversation. He does have a contract with AEW, and he is supposed to have a new show that they yeah. created essentially Saturday nights around him. They have to keep him and the children apart. They have to keep him apart yeah. from uh, the young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They so they created a show for him to, yeah. to appear on Saturday nights because he still has a contract. And apparently the Warner Brothers Discovery um, management wants him back on TV because obviously he's a mega draw for them. Yeah, he's so their biggest star. He's their biggest I, uh, star. I'll text him after this call, McMullen. I, he, All right. I know that he he lives in Chicago, but he works out in Milwaukee a lot. So he'll, he'll do a lot of training in Milwaukee. Yeah. Now, I don't know that he's training for anything – you know, he used to train for MMA. Get back in shape, yeah. But right, he has shape. to get back in ring shape, I guess. 
right, can I make right. one other point We're before we get into the draft with NFL Gil? Yeah. Uh, the whole Warner Brothers thing, I'm watching way too much Turner these days because they got both basketball and hockey playoffs and the like and the crossover promotion and everything. If I never see another commercial for the pimple doctor. Oh, yeah. I got to see these stupid commercials when I'm watching hoops and hockey. No, I don't watch the Discovery Channel. I'm sorry. I have no desire to ever watch the Discovery Channel. And I sure you don't don't like pimple popper, MD. Pimple popper coach. No, those stupid. God, those commercials kill me. I watch commercials. I I shouldn't say you watch the show. I watch the pimple popper, and they have a new show on after for a urologist who goes down below and tries to fix you. You got too much time on your hands, Gil. You can't have that many hours in a day. You can't be as good as what you do and watch those stupid shows. Yo, do and you watch wrestling, to... too. How the do hell do you do it no, 24 I, hours I, a day? Listen, I am no wrestling hater. I miss watching the genre. I don't have time for the wrestling anymore because I had to give up something. Simple and proper old wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah you got to give up. I would go... When I would like to go. McMullen, go on a show this afternoon and rip up his man card. If he's I would like to go <laughs> and not watching wrestling, he doesn't deserve that. Yeah, that's a bad. That, that that that's a bad job by you. I would like you to go back to. I would like to get back to wrestling. Unfortunately, I watch Phillies, Sixers, and every other sport all the time. I've got to say, all right, well, you can they, have the they, remote they, for a little bit. Wrestling's basically on every day, so I have no problem with people cutting out certain days or curtain. But if it's Pimple Popper versus Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, well, Pimple Popper is on. Cut. Pimple Popper is on Wednesdays well, after AEW. I think. Oh yeah, watching Pimple Popper and and and, and it is a below. fascinating watch, though, man. It and is. By the way, epic. you got to watch no, your buddy. You got to watch. You got to watch your buddy Phil when that. he's got his new show. You got to you got to support your buddy. I do DVR when he's on, and. You know, I DVR some stuff. I try. I try to keep up. I just, it's there's. You're right, John. Too much. There's too much going on. Yeah, too much. And there's too much going on. All right, we'll get it back to the. We got to get it back on track. The NFL draft. So you and I have talked. Well, homage to my man Harry Mays. Let's get it back to the Eagles. Get it back. Get it back to the Eagles. Get it back to Bijan with the Eagles. Um, Get. We're, we're closing in. We only have to talk about this for a few more hours now, Mike. Um, Howie Roseman, I know you tweeted it out there. Nicole Lynn is B. John Robinson. Day. We can go that angle now. Uh, he wants to play, he said. He wants to play with Jalen Hurts. Everybody wants to play with Jalen Hurts. Buda Baker wants to play for Nick Sirianni. Why do people make so much of this? It's great to have players that want to play with your players or your coaches. That's always a great thing, but that's not going to have an effect on the Philadelphia Eagles, is it? No, and I, and I would almost throw back to you is why do we feel at the national level there is so much buzz? I mean, who is putting out there and why is the messaging so strong about this now today i did see something that hey it would be totally out of character which we've been discussing for a while that it would be totally out of character it just seems to be more of a fit but oddly there and he even acknowledged it robinson right he has acknowledged that he continues to hear the buzz about him to philadelphia as if man this is of all the draft rumors that are out there 
This one's now maybe in our market. I don't know if you're in Seattle right now, if you're hearing a lot about Bijan Robinson going to Philadelphia, but it does oddly seem like this has been a discussion to the point where, you know, I've had listeners email me and say, like, listen, because a couple of years ago, uh, there was an early mock draft, really early in the game, like, say, January, that had the Eagles taking Kyle Pitts. And it was like, whoa, would the Eagles really take Kyle Pitts? He ended up going number four to Atlanta. Right. So he, he didn't have a chance. But the Eagles would never Eagles take Eagles did like Kyle Pitts. Right. But you were like, wow, would they take a tight end? I forget where they were picking in the draft that year. But so the guy emails me and he's like, hey, a couple of years ago, you just kept saying Pitts, 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 Pitts. And it never happened. You're doing the same thing. And I said, well, this one has more of a reality to it than I think the Pitts did. Mainly because the only reason I think that this has as much credence as it does, whether that's 1%, 2%, or whatever, is because they have an extra pick. If this was their only pick in the first round, I would think that discussion would be minimal at best. But in my mind, because of the fact that this is somewhat of a luxury pick for them, they have to at least be considering it at, at minimally 1% of. And I go back to guys, if you set your board up and you draft best player available and he's there, he has to be the best player available on your board. Period. Yeah, Point blank. By the way, real quick, Pitts was the Devontae Smith year. So that was the year the Eagles went from six back to 12, and then back up to 10. Um, either way, they were never going to get Kyle yeah, Pitts, but they, they did like stayed him. at six, they wouldn't have gotten Pitts. Yeah. He no, he went four four. that year. He Ridiculous. went four. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I uh, debate and or refute your use of the word luxury. This is not a luxury pick for the Eagles. When you're at number 10, you can't be using a luxury pick. And, again, everybody's got their own definition of luxury. Mine is well, you don't really need him. He can sit for a minimum of a year. Oh, no, you're picking a 10th pick in the draft. You expect the guy to step right in and play. And the fact that they got two picks isn't really a luxury for me either because they don't have a fourth, a fifth, or a sixth. I think to have a luxury, you have to evaluate the entire draft capital you have before the draft starts. And I don't think they have a luxury pick. I think they need... Johnny keeps telling us that they can't start the season with the defense that they have in place right now at linebacker and both safety. So when where does the luxury come in? No, they have to upgrade at several positions. Well, and if you're I guess upgrading, that's not luxury. Right. You're looking at luxury in, in that facet. I'm just saying this was a pick you didn't have. This was not your pick. You didn't earn this okay. pick because you sucked. You got this pick because you swindled. That's the difference. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think the luxury part of it for me, and again, we all have definitions. This is a launching point. They didn't get to 10 on merit, as you mentioned, Mike. They're not a bad football team. They're one of the best uh, teams coming into, even with the attrition in the offseason. And they're at a position to where they can go get the player they want if the if the cards fall correctly, as I said, I think Jalen Carter is the player they want. I don't think he's lasting till ten. Um, I think Seattle's going to take him at five. But if Seattle goes a different direction, 
um, and he starts to fall a little bit more, I think it's a chance for Howie Roseman to seize the moment that he shouldn't have. Yeah. You believe that or saying, no, he's going to trade down. He's going to take. No, I, I, I believe that John, is if he's at seven, I think it's the kind of the point of the line of demarcation. If he gets to seven, that's when you say, all right, uh, it's fallen too much to into our lap. We now have to make our move uh, because it's probably not going to get all the way here. I am, you know, you talk about Jalen Carter and and in that five spot, they're, they're very interesting. Seattle because they definitely need pass rushers. They need someone. It that's why Houston is so interesting at two and Arizona at three. Because if Arizona gets out of that spot, you would imagine that somebody wants a quarterback, and that yeah. would mean another defensive player falls. And now if Houston, you know, doesn't take a defensive player and they go quarterback, that would be another defensive player that falls. Now you have the possibility of three defensive linemen getting past number five, or at least two getting past number five, and that would really open up, I think, a lot of phone calls at the at the witching hour, as the Mike Francesa would say. All right, uh, so I'm going to ask you to play beat the clock here, Mike Gill. The NFL draft is scheduled to start 8P on Thursday night. It's too yeah. late, by the way. Can we just kick it Agreed. back an hour? Uh, just seven o'clock. What? Seven o'clock. Yeah. Anyway, they, they want those West Coast yeah. viewers at home, so that's why they have it at eight o'clock. Uh, I, I'm with you. We're, the Rams we, don't have a pick in the first for our, like ten years. We look at it our myopic uh, East Coast vision. I certainly but, do. Uh, they, they do take in the entire country when they schedule these things. But eight o'clock, commissioner's got to come out. Both uh, ESPN and ABC and the NFL Network have to do a, hey, how are you? So let's say they start the clock at about 8.10. Carolina should be ready to just hand in their card, but you know that's never the case. Ten minutes between picks. What time do the Eagles go? If they're stay, you, you, you and John seem to be leaning. They're jumping up and making an earlier pick. I say there's a better chance they trade back than actually trade up, but I'll 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 stay at number ten, and that's when Howie's going to pick. They're going to get this pick in before ten o'clock. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, you figure six picks should take about an hour, and that would mean you would get your pick right around nine forty-five, somewhere nine fifty in that range. If you stay at number ten, now if you trade back, then you're you're out. Okay. That's why You're I'm out asking. Give me the time. I need it to the minute. When will yeah, Roger Dell announce the first Eagle pick, Mike? All right, nine forty-two. There'll be a trade up. There you go. I'm writing that down. There'll I be a trade up, me. and then you, you know you're right at the right number eight spot. Nose. You're at yeah. the number eight spot, and you're in that uh, area there. Uh, and you're how about, at about, how about how about eight eleven? They trade with Carolina to go up and take Bijan Robinson, number one overall. <laughs> What are the odds of that? Zero. <laughs> I am talking myself a lot more into uh, Paris Johnson Jr. I don't know that he'll be there, but, you know, the concept of the he has played guard. He has played tackle, so he has versatility, which Skronsky, a lot of people don't think he could play tackle. I mean, guard, I mean, tackle, he's played tackle in college, but he projects as a guard. And the Eagles, you know, 
Lane Johnson's got what two years? Kelsey is probably going to be on his last year here. We've been saying that forever. Yeah, but at some of these, one of these points, they're going to have to acknowledge it. You know, Cam Jurgens, they drafted last year thinking he was going to play now. So I'm starting to lean more towards Paris Johnson could be the guy that we haven't talked a whole heck of a lot about. Skronsky's name has come up a lot, but I think Paris Johnson will probably be the most likely player if he's actually on the board at that point. Now that's yep. the next question. Yeah. Will he get there? Yeah, there's a lot of late smoke about Paris Johnson going number three. Yeah. Uh, so he's really well, getting some late. The whole smoke. Arizona thing, if Arizona stays in that spot, I mean, I forget. Uh, somebody tweeted this out last night that I was reading. That guy had so many characters in this. How many do you get now? I mean, if you pay for the well, $8. I think if you pay for it, you get on as many as you want. My God, he had a book. But his book was, you know, Murray apparently has been lobbying for offensive linemen like the last three drafts, and they keep taking defensive players who all stink, and their line is like the worst in yeah, the league. Bad. It is bad, yeah. So – Maybe John Gannon, who's been in Philly for two years, says, you know what? Maybe I should follow their model and push to get my quarterback protected here. Yeah, it's possible. That's one of the things about this draft, because you have so many new GMs, new coaches at the top of the draft. You don't really have a feel for how they're going to do business. So it it makes it a, a little bit more uncertain. And for the Eagles, I think it starts with quarterbacks for the longest time. It was going to be, there's going to be four quarterbacks in the top nine, and that was going to help the Eagles get a good player. Matt says, you know, he mentioned some of the names, uh, Carter, Anderson, Wilson, Skaronsky, uh, Johnson. Right there, that's five guys, uh, four quarterbacks, that's nine picks. That, you know, then you're in the Bijan category, the Nolan Smith category, all that kind of stuff. Um, in Luke theory, you would that. get you would get a good player. Now, I don't know too many people that think four quarterbacks are going to the top nine anymore. Um, I'm going to hear going, Mike Gill. Well, and that's where Houston gets interesting because, you know, you just penciled them in to take a quarterback. But keep in mind, they also have the 12th pick. Do they have a guy at two that they love way more? Or are they like, you know what? We like all three of these guys, and whatever one's at 12, we're happy with that guy. Let's get, you know, they took Mario Williams back years ago as the number one pick, and that kind of floored people. I think that was the Reggie Bush draft, if memory serves. Everybody thought Bush. Now, Bush turned into a decent player. He wasn't great, but they did go with a defensive end. The problem is you take a defensive end number one overall, like uh, Miles Garrett, you know, he was a guy – they're not changing. They're not changing your franchise, though. Those no. teams, you know, you might have the best defensive player in, in the world, and that's just not changing the yeah, franchise. But, but but other than quarterback, what position is none? But that's why at number two, you know, the difference between the quarterback at two and twelve, you would think. But if they don't like the guy at two, in other words, they don't like C.J. Stroud, I would imagine, or Will Levis, or or Anthony Richardson. But then you like him at 12. So that's why whatever they do at two changes the complexion of this whole draft, right? It just absolutely changes the complexion of the draft. But John's point earlier was that the Texans make a lot of bizarre decisions and nobody knows what they're up to right now. You would think, hey, there's four quarterbacks. 
Three might be on the board. We want the best of the three. No, they're they're in a position where they might say, eh, we'll take whatever one comes to us. That's not a great way to uh, make a decision. But you're right. I mean, Mario Williams, that, that was a good player. I mean, that uh, yeah. I'd look it up. He's a two-time All-Pro. But you're yeah. right. I mean, it, the quarterback draft, and we, we go back to last year, Mike. They had J.J. Watt in his prime. I mean, yeah. how many playoff games they went with him? J.J. Watt's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. You're right. The quarterbacks have got to be really bad in this era, like last year. And Trayvon Walker is the number one overall pick. Uh, they got to be. It's got to be really bad quarterback class. Not not for a quarterback to go number one overall in the modern game. Um, these teams, though, and you bring up, well, Houston. If they like three guys, all how could you like three guys all the same? Playing that position, it's like that. Here's a here's a reference for you, Jody Mack. You'll like. You ever watch House Hunters? No, it's right up there with pimple poppers. Well, you know the concept is they bring you to three. You're watching too much reality television. Ah, it's like the whole. I watch Survivor. That's the extent of my reality television. Anything else? No, thank you. I'll pass. Survivor is still good. Twenty years later. Yeah, it's like. It's like HGTV or something. And, they, you know, the two, the couple, they go and they look at three houses and then they have to decide which one they want to buy. Well, it's like this situation is I'm visiting three quarterbacks and it's like, ah, this one doesn't have a porch. And I really wanted a porch. That one doesn't have the backyard. I really wanted a backyard. This one, you know, it's a little Cape Cod style and I want it more modern. And then you have to pick a three that you don't really like. The Houston Texans are basically, instead of being the aggressor, saying that's our guy. We don't want to have to choose between three, right? you know, guys. Yeah, and I, that, if I have a GM that comes to me, I'll throw that at both of you. If I have a GM that comes to me as an owner, I got $6 billion laying around um, and I buy an NFL team, and I have a GM that says I like these three quarterbacks all the same. It doesn't. I I I I don't want that guy to be my GM. Give me an answer. Right. See, but I, 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 I don't have a problem with that theoretically, but he would just be wrong because CJ Stroud is is significantly better than the other two. I would fire him because he hasn't figured that out, not because he thinks they can all be the same. He can't see the difference between C.J. Stroud and Levinson Robinson. That's why you get your ass out of here, clean out your office, well, what did, uh, we'll validate your parking. Wouldn't Carolina making a trade to number one, wouldn't they have to make a trade definitively knowing who they want? You yeah, would there's, think. There's, there's a, Johnny Mack, if you want a general manager who should be fired, if fire the general manager who trades up the number one and says, yeah, but we got to continue to decide who we're going to take. No, yeah, you well, get your ass I mean, out of the, the, the building if you don't know who you're trading up for to get the number one pick. Right, you make a trade of that magnitude. You don't just call and say, you know what, we want to be number one, and then we don't know what we want to do when we get there. You make a trade to number one because you're saying, damn it, I want that guy. That's who I have to have. And if that's not the case, something's wrong. You can't go to that spot and then go house shopping. You've got to know the zip code, the job, and who your boss is. Yeah, that's my point. In 20, what was it, 2021, um when San Francisco traded up, um, the thought around the league was they were trading up to get Mac Jones 
at the time, if you guys remember. And evidently that was true. And they changed their mind after the trade. And they went with Trey Lance, which how obviously far, hasn't how worked far out. How far out from the draft did that trade come down, Johnny? You remember? I don't remember, but it was it was pretty significantly prior to the draft. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't get that. It, you know, I I in Jody's case, and that's why I was take take the names out of it. Yeah, you know, because you like C.J. Stroud. Take the names out of it. You just have. Quarterback A, quarterback B, quarterback C. I don't know of any indication where I'm not saying I don't like this guy better. There's no, I can't even register that. That three quarterbacks would be exactly the same, that I don't care. That at that position, and this is where I give Andy Reid credit because there's a lot of revisionist history. Kansas City took a lot of heat because Patrick Mahomes wasn't supposed to go that high. And when he did go there and they gave up a King's ransom because they liked the guy and they said, we got to go get the guy. That's what I want. And if you don't feel that way about a quarterback, don't take a quarterback because you don't. You Yeah. That, yeah. I, I agree with that. The, these teams are in search of a ghost that doesn't exist. A franchise quarterback, these quarterbacks in the draft, virtually most of them all can't play, you know, once in a while, you know, you get a guy that, okay, you hit on that guy. Zach Wilson stinks out loud. You waste a second-round pick on that. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes, come on. They, the franchise quarterbacks do happen, Mike. You're making it sound oh, like yes. it never happens. Right, but I'm saying these teams – but Patrick Mahomes, John just said, he was drafted 10th and people thought that was too high for him. I'm talking about these teams that sell their soul. At the, what the hell were the 49ers thinking? Like, you drafted a guy who played one college game in North Dakota. And and <laughs> are you kidding me? These guys, most times, more than not, they you know, you look back at the draft. When you have four quarterbacks that go in the first round, three and a half of them can't play. I mean, really, you get a guy who might be Baker Mayfield. You drafted him number one overall. He's a 27th in the league starter, but you don't draft a player like that, number one. But this league is just so incumbent on teams trying to find a quarterback, and they will do anything they can, even if they know that guy has an 80% rate of missing. That, right. it, it's I, unbelievable I, to I, me. Hold on. I got to ask you. Who's a half a quarterback? You said Baker Mayfield. Who's that? Baker Mayfield is a half, half a quarterback. He's okay. a half starter, half backup. You're better if he's your backup. If he's your starter, your team probably is nine and eight. Speaking of the Patrick Mahomes year, that was the year that uh, I always get it mixed up. Ryan Pace went up from number three to number two. He didn't have to, but yes, for Trubisky. some reason he just wanted to. Took to Trubisky. Get Mitchell Trubisky. He could have stayed at three and gotten Mitchell Trubisky. Horrendous. That's or we're, we're talking about general managers. That's a fireable offense. The, yeah. the, the, the moment you announce that deal, you should be fired. The guy, uh, actually, I guess it was what? Uh, Virginia McCaskey should have walked on the steps of the Rocky statue in Philadelphia that year and said, you, you're fired. That deal right there is a fireable offense on the spot. I mean, it's and bad enough. We'd like that to retract you're... the trade. We'd like to retract it if we could. It, it's bad enough that you're projecting Mitchell Trubisky, but a lot of people did. That's a lot, lot better than Patrick Mahomes, better than Deshaun Watson. 
your project. So that's one mistake. But that's not the most glaring mistake. The most glaring is moving up one spot with a team that's not going to take a quarterback. Yeah. I, 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 that to me is just. Well, maybe they thought someone was going to jump them. Well, yeah, that's yeah, what he got, you're... he got bluffed. Yeah. Somebody he bluffed, bluffed. him. Here's the hot, not the yeah. hot take, but I'll say this. The guy, okay, who was supposed to, you, we, I, I love a mock draft. Okay. I'm all in for the mock drafts. I love mock draft season. I know John's mock draft is out today. Uh, we'll talk about that on my show later. Cause I love mock drafts. If you went to the way too early mock draft for 2022's draft, the number one pick in that draft was going to be Sam Howe. Yeah, he was baby. the guy. Yeah. And guess what? The 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 wedge the the red the Commanders took him in like the fifth round, and he'll be the only guy in that draft that can play. No, 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 no. You're you're wrong. Um, and I'm zatzen on a kid's name. Oh, Transford Brock Purdy, I'm sorry. Oklahoma, no, transferred from Oklahoma to South Carolina. And it's going back for Spencer another Spencer Rattler. Uh, Rattler. Spencer yeah. Rattler was going to be the number one draft pick. So your point is accurate. I know the point no, you're trying Sam, to make. Well, that if, you're, if you're talking 11 months out, a lot of shit can happen in 11 months. And Spencer yeah. Rattler went from number one to not good, had to transfer to South Carolina, yeah. where he's not good enough that he's got to go back to school again this year. Well, that kid was on that stupid show, reality TV you're talking about. He was a reality star on that stupid show. That kid can't play any at all. But Hal at North Carolina had a great year. The team fell apart around him. He wasn't nearly as good, and then he kind of fell off the map. But I'm talking about these teams that sell their soul. They have a guy that they actually like and probably can play, and they got him in the fifth round. Now, that's not normal, but unless my point is unless you have absolute conviction and if you're carolina to make that trade you have to have conviction right yeah oh yeah you would well, think, you should but you would think we, we we never know all right mikey we're running late as always we love having you on the show feel free to text us tomorrow if you're ta- right now eagles first pick at whatever spot it is would be who you going paris johnson well they stay at 10 and paris hey, johnson- you tell me just give me a name Paris Johnson at 10, Jalen Carter trade up at 7. All right, now you got two. You've eliminated everybody else, but eliminate one of those two. Which one's going to be? Jalen Carter. (laughs) Jalen Carter. Carter at 7. All right. I like it. I like your Paris Johnson pick. Jalen Carter's not (laughs) happening. Uh, If you change your mind, please text the show tomorrow morning. You know what time we're on. We'll go, oh, by the way, Mike Gill checked in. He's changed his pick, too. Yeah, and we will uh, put that out there for anybody's down the shore tomorrow. I will be uh, live at Maynard's and Margate, the world famous for the whole show live. Yeah. Is that Stop where you have uh, breakfast with your dad, Maynard's? Uh, they do serve breakfast over there, but no, not at Maynard's and Margate. Uh, we're doing the show. I'm giving away a trip to an Eagles road game tomorrow. Ooh, very nice. nice. So stop nice. on by to see Mike Gill. MG, always a pleasure. Thanks, bud. See you guys. Mike Gill here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. You know what we got to do. Come back. Put a ball in the show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Mac and Mac guys running out of time. Uh, we thank both Mike Gill and Russell Brown. Both uh, guys did a great job for us today. All right. Gill mentioned your mock is going up today. Where might that be, McMullen? Uh Sports Illustrated. Uh, my Eagles only mock is up today. Um, my my first round mock won't be up until Thursday morning, I believe, is when they're going to put it up. Um, so that's when the first round, which I haven't even finished yet. Um, so I got a lot of work to do, Jody. A lot of work to do. All right. Uh, well, then we'll let you get to it. Uh, Glenn Macnow, uh, host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network and my partner from weekends on WIP is going to be with us tomorrow and we got somebody else up. Uh, we've got a slide in guest number two, but Mac man will be with us tomorrow. So it'll be a triple Mac attack. I know Mac man will show. He said he'd show. He'll show. I'm going to show Johnny Mac. You got a lot of work to do. You're going to call yeah, enough time uh, for first 365. I think tomorrow? so. I might sprain my ankle on the way to the computer, but I'll be here. He'll, he's TBD, but I'm predicting, yes, he will be here. You'll get uh, Mac and Mac and a 1.8 triple Mac attack tomorrow here on Birds 365 in two and two. 
You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.